You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, back we are. Inspirational and uplifting, just like the man said. And boy, is it going to be inspirational this next half hour. Okay, yes, but before we get to our next guest, Dream. That's plural. Guests. Mm -hmm. I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's bicker on the air. <laughs> Why not when we can do it all we want when we're not on the air? <laughs> Did you... Go ahead and tell a joke. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Um, why can't a nose be 12 inches long? I already answered that one, but you guys can try it. No idea. No idea. If it were 12 inches long, it would be a foot a foot. Oh, get it. <laughs> it was hilarious. So you got, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> you, you, you have to kind of adjust for the quality of the humor we're talking about here. You were, you were up a little too high on that one. <laughs> That's right. Well, anyway. We are thrilled to have our next guests um, with us in the studio. Uh, they are uh, brother and sister, not brother, they're not brother and sister to each other, but to us, we're all members of Holy Spirit Parish. We are. Yes, and that is how we know each other. And they have um, some incredible stories to share about concrete evidence of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And and Jack said uh, to one of our other guests today that he, he asked, he invited him to Steve Weidenkopf to say more, tell more stories because he loves stories. And really... I mean, that was a technique Jesus used to, mm-hmm. to yeah. Um, yeah. Evan- evangelize, to teach, to bring us into relationship with him. And so we're going to have some great stories for our listeners this morning with John and Barb Swaygarden. So welcome. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yes, yes thank Thanks you. for being here. And we might mention that John and Barb have probably one of the nicest backyards in all of the North Fargo <laughs> area, or if not the entire town. That is for sure. Yeah. Yes. That's all John. He's a master gardener. Oh. Labor of love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a source of great envy yeah. for this person. Yeah. No. She looks at me when she says that. <laughs> I did not look at you. I did not look at you. No, it's a, I just I love the beauty of nature and especially the art that goes into a garden. But I can't do it. <laughs> God didn't give me that, that gift. But yeah. anyway, would you please each introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about um, who you are. Okay. And we'll start with Barb. All right. So um, I'm Barb. I've lived in Fargo for, I don't know, many, many years. John and I have been married now for 38 Eight. years. We have three adult children, two of whom live in Fargo. One lives in uh, Denver, and we have one granddaughter who lives in Denver who is six and a half. We have been members at Holy Spirit since 1986, and um, I'm in the choir, uh, do a bunch of volunteer things at the church. We're both retired, uh, so we have the opportunity to do more volunteer activities now, which we are very, very grateful for. Um, Been able to take some classes at Holy Spirit, and um, yeah, that's us. Do many things. Thank you. John. Uh, well, I'm John, and, and I was raised in Castleton, North Dakota, met Barb in college in Yankton, South Dakota, Mount Marty College, mm-hmm. and uh, 
yeah, we came to Fargo in 81 and and uh, been active members in Holy Spirit. More active in the last 12 to 12 years, 15 yeah. years. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that's a, kind of everybody's faith journey a little bit, yeah. too. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I love gardening. And uh, usually I, I plant a couple yards every year in town out of the plants in in our yard and this year my project was the grotto at holy spirit so oh it's so re- beautiful the, yeah. the grotto and a majority of those plants come from came from our yard yes if you're from fargo or moorhead or anywhere within the driving <laughs> a quick drive really find holy spirit and we do have one of the most beautiful merry gardens we that do. i've ever seen um and it was it was sort of a vision of Monsignor Wald's. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided on that, and I think, I think, uh, a now priest, Father Greg Hammond, might have been the original designer of it. And then, um, so now, people in the parish helped to keep it up, and it is stunningly beautiful. And there are two little shrines in mm-hmm. that garden. You, you so. said you do a couple a year. How far are you booked out right now? Because I think <laughs> Dreen might be asking. <laughs> Uh, we can talk about that after. <laughs> Do you work for beer? <laughs> I don't drink. Okay. We got pop. <laughs> I make really good cookies. <laughs> yeah. yes. Whatever. Yes. So um, I um, happen to have been in a couple of classes with John and worked on some projects with him. And during those Times um, had the opportunity to um, hear the stories of the really these incredible stories of how God has worked in the lives of Barb and John. And um, you know, I'm just going to invite you to tell the stories, but preface it by saying they are truly examples of how God's light is brightest in the darkness. So, well, I, I'll start with um, a story that I know we've shared with many people. I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in 2009. John and I had to think about this last night. This is how great God is, that we couldn't even remember what year I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. I think that's really remarkable. But um, And it was a long journey to get to that diagnosis. But we finally got there, and um, we were at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. And we... Um, decided that we were going to fly uh, back and forth a couple of times because uh, there was a tremendous amount of pain. I could not have managed to stay in the car for that long. Anyway, um, we got off the plane in Minneapolis on one of the trips back and forth, and I John had requested a wheelchair for me. And I was met uh, by a gentleman, and he... Uh, said that it was his job to take me to the next gate. Because we had to hurry, and I was Hmm. wanting to volunteer. Yeah, John wanted to push the wheelchair, and he said, no, 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 this is my job. So we were walking down the concourse together. John was beside me, and this man was pushing me, and um, John peeled off to use the restroom. And so this gentleman said to me, "Um, so are you sick? And I said, yes, I am. And he said are you healed? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, you will be. (laughs) 
And then he took me down the elevator, and we continued on the concourse. And he deposited me at our gate, and John came seconds later. He came into the, uh, the gate area, and I said, I have to tell you what this man just said. And so I told him, and John turned around immediately to catch him, and he was absolutely gone. We could not in the you know the concourse is a no. mile long. You can see for a mile, and he was gone. We could not find him, and I know that was a true gift. That was, and from that point, I mean, really earlier than that, we knew I was going to be healed. We yeah. totally knew that. Um, but that was just verification. It was a beautiful moment that I will never forget as long as I live. Barb, when he said th- spoke those words, can you recall what was happening in your heart and mind as you heard them? I, I remember the, uh, especially when he said, "You will be." It was like I don't. I, I, all I can describe is just this incredible warmth. Mm. It was just a warmth, and that was it. And and we just continued to walk. I didn't even look at him. We just continued to walk, and it was it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And there's no what was strange about it was I turned around. He there was we were at the end of the what what do you call it the the walkway, mm-hmm. and and uh, he couldn't have gone that way because he had this chair. And if he would have gone back the other way, he would have passed me. Mm-hmm. And so both of us were just. Um, we yeah. didn't know what to think. I wanted to give him a tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And then yeah. one other time, actually, Fa- Father Cheney um, had to fly Barb down because uh, she could lay down and she couldn't sit up or anything. So she got to lay down in, in he had a Bonanza aircraft at mm. the time where he could lay down and he flew her down. And then this, um, that was a special moment, too, where he, he we went in the, um, FBO, it's called fixed base operator office, and he had brought everything and he prayed over and and uh, uh, of the sick. Yeah, wow. To, to this day, that that was really something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it just we, we've just had so many encounters like that. I, uh, you know, our son Joe was run over in downtown Fargo a number of years ago, Actually, and. Right yeah, just there. right over right here, around the corner. Just mm-hmm. right around the corner, and um, you know that was a very tragic um, time for all of us. He was, you know, critically injured, and we um, were so incredibly blessed to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people praying for his recovery. And you know, we'll talk about that after the break a little bit. Some of the things that happened. Um, there, but the very first day we had a Catholic priest, a Lutheran minister, uh, evangelical minister, and a deacon all at different times during that very first day come and pray over him. And it was, a, it, again, a beautiful experience through a tragic event. Beautiful, beautiful. How experience. old was your son at that time? Well, let well, me see, 26. 26. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think this would be a good time for us to take a break. And like you said, we'll come back for some more stories or encounters, if you will. And we're talking with John and Barb Swaygarden here in the studio in Fargo. And they are from Fargo. They're members of our parish, Holy Spirit. And we're happy to have them here. And we hope you're enjoying the program, all you listeners. And so stay with us for some more on the other side of the break. Live, engaging. 
and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Searching for someone. We are asking, where do I find standards to live by? On whom can I rely? To whom shall I entrust myself? Where is the one who can offer me the response capable of satisfying my heart's deepest desires? Asking such questions means searching for someone who can neither deceive nor be deceived and who therefore can offer a certainty so solid that we can live for it and, if need be, even die for it. Dear friends, when questions like these appear on the horizon of life, we must be able to make the necessary choices. It is like finding ourselves at a crossroads. Which direction do we take? The one prompted by the passions or the one indicated by the star which shines in your conscience? The Magi heard the answer. In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and enlightened by these words, they chose to press forward to the very end. From Jerusalem they went on to Bethlehem. In other words, they went from the word which showed them where to find the king of the Jews to whom they were seeking all the way to the end, to an encounter with the king who was at the same time the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Those words are also spoken for us. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back, Real Presence Radio Landers. This is the last installment of Real Presence Live with Jack and Doreen Canelli as your hosts. We're talking with John and Barb Swaygarden, and we're going to dispense with Doreen's joke this time. But uh, <laughs> you can't see it on the radio, but our guests are having such a hard time you know, keeping themselves composed for this interview because of the hilarity of that last joke. So we're just going to kind of soldier on here. That's right, yes. Okay, so uh, we were, you were talking about how your son was in an accident Mm -hmm. just around the corner from where we're sitting, Mm -hmm. and how that very next day, four clergy Mm -hmm. came to visit, okay? Yeah, it was um, really incredible. Of course, a lot of our friends were there, and um, yeah, we were just blessed beyond measure, but John... I think wants to share the story of a young man who actually was at mass with Father Cheney that morning, and maybe you can share that story, John. Um, yeah, uh, the thing is with, with Joe, uh, there's so many things that uh, Joe in a coma appeared to three people that um, contacted us and told us that he had done that. And what he had told them. One 
in northern Minnesota or northwestern Minnesota, and then one uh, down at the, a lake, and um, one was a, another friend. And uh, so they they told us, but there there are so many things surrounding that. But we had Padre Pio over Joe's bed and rosary, and and we we were praying, and people were sending us scripture. There were thousands of people uh, praying for him, but. Of course, he was in a coma, severe um, subarachnoid hemorrhage and subdural hematoma and diffuse bleeding throughout his brain. And uh, they told us he wasn't getting him. My father died the thir- Thursday before that Sunday. My dad's funeral is on Sunday, and this is Sunday, what we're talking about here. And uh, the physicians came in, so my whole family was there, which was good. But... I'll share this first, and then I can talk about Roger. But he um, he said, it's good you're all here, because then we can just talk to everybody. But you need to know that he could be in the hospital for months, and that after that he will uh, require rehabilitation, and we won't know what that's going to be if he survives. And we said, well, thank you, and, and uh, we're, we're putting our faith in God with this one. And... Uh, getting emotional but uh he said well you can put your faith in god but i'm here to just tell you what's real Mm -hmm. and uh long story but joe walked out of there in six days oh my and uh and when he woke up out of that coma and then they took the tube out and he was breathing they were just shocked but he uh um said i'm thirsty he said, I'm thirsty. I am thirsty on the third day. and uh, But his physician said, took me out in the hall and said, you know, your son's a miracle. And I said, I know he is. Do you know who he is? <laughs> and I worked in medicine. And I knew that physicians don't use that word very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started crying. He had tears in his eyes. And I said, do you have children? He said, I do a daughter uh, about his age and... and uh, he was a neurosurgeon, and, and he, I said, go home and hug your daughter mm-hmm. and that. But anyway, uh, so they prayed, and nobody could come in, really, no visitors. We stayed there, and we're, we're praying, and, and uh, we're with Joe. And then they washed him from head to toe and washed his feet, and we watched the nurses delicately do it. They were unbelievable. And, and uh but all of a sudden, a nurse came in and said, there's a young man out in the hall from your church, and he needs to uh, come in and pray for Joe. And I said, well, what's his name? And she said, Roger. And I said, well, Roger, Roger. I don't know Roger, and Barb didn't know Roger. And so I said, well, if he's here to pray, I need to go out and talk to him. So I walked outside, and he, he heard Roger was there, and he was um, very nervous. But I said, Roger, what? I'm John, and and uh, and you didn't know him. We'd no, never met him before. No, we didn't know him at all. And he said, uh, "I don't know how to explain this, but I was at church this morning, and God told me that I was supposed to go pray for your son. I was supposed to pray for Joe, and I don't know. He didn't know Joe either. And uh, we'll preface that with the fact that Father Cheney said something at mass. Well, about- he went up to Father Cheney at mass, and then then told Father Cheney, okay." Um, I, I I got this message, and what should I do? And Father Cheney said, you need to go pray for Joe. <laughs> and so I said, well, if you're here to pray, 
come on in. Um, he prayed. Um, we all prayed. Um, he went over to the house. I told him I'd call him afterwards. Joe got home. I said I'd call him because Roger was going back to Minneapolis. He came over to the house, and I went and got Joe. Joe came around the corner, and, and uh, they hugged each other. And Joe looked at Roger, and he said, I know you from somewhere. And Roger says, no, no, Joe, you, um, well, I prayed with you at the hospital. And Joe said, that's where it's from. That's where we met. Uh, Joe's in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> and that, um, that is just the beginning of in the darkest times, the, the most beautiful things that, that yeah. uh, came out, out of that and are still today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, one of the things in preparing for this uh, talk today, um, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in our lives. And um, one of the things that I've learned from taking classes and, and just the reading I've done over the years and my spiritual journey of trying to deepen my faith over the last 15 years or so, I've learned that we have to be quiet. We have to be in the stillness. We have to listen because the Holy Spirit will talk to us if we listen. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily good at it. You know, we're talkers, right? We're thinkers and not necessarily listeners. But during the time that I was in treatment for cancer, um, you know, there were many nights I would just lay in bed and just, you know, just be quiet, just listen. And one night in particular, I heard the clearest voice. The, the, I can't even describe how clear it was. And I was given a message. And so I got up. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. And I wrote it down. And I've kept it all these years. And the message I heard was, all is well. Everything is working out for your highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come. You are safe. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I mean, look and at this. Barb is holding. Yeah, look at it. It's on the back of a receipt or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yep. where she wrote yep. that down. And oh, I, Barb, yeah, thank you. It's a, you know, I, I know that the Holy Spirit works through us and wants us to hear him. And, you know, here's just one example of if we're quiet enough and we open our hearts. Well, like we'll Mary Healy mentioned on Sunday at the or Saturday at the mm-hmm. conference that, um, Witness and testimony, and I'm, I'm, I am an advocate. I mean, I believe that in my heart, and and that is what we're here to do. That's what they did in Galilee, right? Yep. And that's what we need to do, mm-hmm. and and to bring people back to Jesus and know that He's alive today. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think we probably need to bring you guys back on the air to tell some more oh, of these stories. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're out of time, and but. Uh, we certainly want to thank you for coming in today, and I'm hoping we can get you back in here at another time to tell some more of these stories because this is good stuff. We'd and, love to. You know, it, it really lets you know that God is alive and well and working in our lives. And like you said, Barb, we just have to shut up and listen. He's the one who's real. Yeah, but he, <laughs> yeah. he is. Yeah. You yeah. didn't say shut up. That was my- <laughs> I was too polite. And we're just average people. Yeah. I mean, really. We're like the. We thank you for inviting us. Thank you you very very much. much. Okay, well, now we've come to the high point of the program today, the one that everybody is waiting for. It's our. And we get to, I think, is this your debut, Rachel? 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> darn it. I was hoping this was kind of like your, you know, big uh, you know, introduction. But anyway, Rachel is going to give us our technical director preview of the next show. Yes. So on the next Real Presence Live Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz are your hosts, coming to you live from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. They'll be talking with Father Tim Lange about how the amazing parish program has impacted his parishes, and Ann Whip will be sharing about the importance of being a witness to the dignity of the unborn. All this and much more is coming on the next Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Okay, thanks, Rachel. Back to us. But, Rachel, you still have some time to fill here. I mean, this happens to us all the time, and we always just kick it back to the technical oh, director. Let's oh, let John oh. and Barb maybe have some final words. Sure, why not would, you? Yeah, put you on the spot. <laughs> well, I, for, we're, we're, on faith, we're all on our own faith journeys. And, and, um, but one thing that, that I've learned, and, and some of this was from those classes and the charism class. I didn't know, I didn't understand charisms and even the meaning of it. And uh, Pfeiffer, or Father Pfeiffer, uh, said that to me once, and I thought, I don't know that. Well, then you really helped me there. But I think that uh, we are we pay attention, close attention to everything that happens. Nothing's a coincidence in our lives anymore, and uh, we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And Barb is a gratitude person, and and that she's really brought me into that. Thank you so much. Perfect final words. Yes. yes. Okay. And to all of our listeners, thanks for being with us, and stay tuned for some quality Catholic programming continuing here on Real Presence Radio with This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area weekday mornings from 9 to 11 central tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6 get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.